0: What's up, everybody? We got Lance Kaufman back for part two. He wanted to jump on to talk commercial because we both thought in this environment that's more challenging for everyone, diversifying, getting more revenue per inspection, other revenue streams, other inspection types is top of mind for everybody. And he's been doing commercial for a while now. So he he has a bunch of tips and tricks and kind of uh, his experience to tell when it comes to the commercial side of the business. Because um, I know this winter and all of 2024, everyone should be thinking a lot more about how to squeeze every last bit of revenue out of every inspection, different inspection types, other services you can add for your clients. So Lance is great when it comes to all that and just a great all around person. So hope you enjoy the conversation. Um, and we'll be putting out more episodes soon. Thanks. Where are you at?
1: I'm at our, our house right now There's a little, um, we're in a community. So there's a pond behind me and it's kind of it's finally pretty enough to sit outside, and not burn up. So it's a
0: beautiful background. Yeah, I love it. So we're gonna enjoy it today while I can. So very cool, man. Well, thank you for your patience in making this happen yeah. with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I reschedule enough times for you to say okay. What what works for you? So yes. I really really appreciate that. I um I'm a I'm recovering on gaining control of my calendar again. Um, I think a lot of us listening can relate. I looked up our last episode by the way. It was episode fifty-three. Okay. This is you gonna don't be have like
1: the episodes since then. That's that's all you've done so far?
0: Yeah, yeah. 50, 60 at this point. So we're like a hundred and fifteen or twenty at this point. But um I remember how many people reacted to it and I know you guys got some outreach afterwards. So it was kind of cool reflecting on that because your guys' story of maybe not being the traditional insiders or people from the industry inspired like so many. Um, do you remember like the people that reached out after that? I do remember we had
1: quite a few, so I know that we did, um, a podcast. So Britt and I came on first and then I think we actually had where Matt and Kaylin joined us for the second one. So, um, and they were one of the first ones to reach out to us after that initial. And then wow. now the they're, other now owners in our company and we're running a whole other state. So, um, Yeah, that was pretty cool. And every now and then I think Britt still gets people reach out and I get people on Facebook reach out too. So so, I mean, it went further than we thought it would. So
0: it's amazing. I think both had over a thousand downloads um, and listens, which is pretty for our industry, really cool, right? It's like that percentage wise, that's a a lot.
1: (laughs) I think so too. I think it's cool that many people want to check in and at least see your stuff, but you know, also are interested in what's going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How are are Matt and um, Caitlin doing?
1: Um, they're doing all right. So we uh we have gone through I, I don't think anybody would care if I say this as a company. Um so you know, Matt and Kaylin they are on my forever home inspection side. So residential, they're their owners, focus. It's really just me and Bert. Um I say Bert, Brittany, my wife. I call her Bert. That's our nickname for it, Bert. <laughs> that's uh, adorable, I love it. If I, if I say Bert, I that's who I meant. Not another guy, it's my wife, Britt. <laughs> um <laughs> So last year was a really, um, challenging time for our companies and not because, you know, you, you have the ebbs and flows of real estate anyway. It's not that it's, um, both, both of our women leaders in our company were gravely sick last year. So, um, last year, Brittany uh, was diagnosed with type one diabetes and just came out of nowhere. And then at the same time, Kaylin got cancer. And so uh, both of them are recovering and working through that stuff. And, of course, their, their time in our companies has, you know, jumped back respectfully, and, right. uh, but they're still going strong. And, and so that was a really, you know, it was a really weird year for us because there was a lot going on with us personally. And then, you know, you throw in how the market reacted to everything and how it's kind of still in the downward trend. And um, there was a lot of time to reflect and, you know, try to figure out what are you going to do next and and how's everyone's role's going to look and i mean obviously they're still extremely active in our companies we couldn't do what we do <laughs> without kaylin and brittany but um yeah it was tough so we're coming off you know it, it it doesn't feel like we've ended that saga right they're healthier they're they're getting better and they're on the the upward but um you know it's still there and it's still a part very much of, of our of our story and journey so um yeah so it hasn't it's not like it just went away we're still right dealing. And, um, you, like I said, you top that on top of everything else in our industry, it's just kind of, you know, it's been a very, uh, I say somber, but also probably methodical and slow intentional year. And, um, I think we're better for it.
0: So, Sure. yeah. It, well, first of all, my thoughts, you know, are with you guys, both amazing women and, um, can, cannot even imagine? Um, and so I, I'm sorry, you guys are, are going through that on top of whatever else is getting thrown at you. Um but if anyone's equipped to kind of get through it, it's, you know, it's it's you guys knowing you guys. And so um, thank you for sharing that. I think that that vulnerability, I'm sure there's people out there in different ways that can relate to kind of this last year and adversity that a lot of people are going through.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there are several home inspection companies or, you know, inspection companies in general that are large groups. And so they're running more like a, a big business, but a lot of us, You know, even though if we are businesses, we're still small business. And, you know, it's one of those things if you just go to work eight to five for a a big company, right? Everyone's personal lives are kind of left to the side and you just go do business and you go home. But when you're running a business like this and you're in your business and you're working on your business, personal life is always a part of it. And so, you know, I'm sure everyone can understand from probably from COVID to now just kind of how their business feels and and how they're trying to run that parallel to their personal lives. It hasn't been easy for most people. So I can, I can certainly be empathetic toward that. It's
0: Absolutely. so intertwined. Right. And then you add in the spouse aspect, um, I think a lot of our listeners can relate to, you know, 97, 98% of our industry are probably solo up to five inspectors maybe. And yeah. a lot of it does include spouse um, spouses. And so, a whole other element. It's all included. It's all a, pa- a package deal. Right. And I think like right. as much as people think it can be separated, it, it's just not.
1: <laughs> no, it can't be. I don't think I want it to be, you know what right. I mean? Uh, that's, yeah. I think it makes it a much sweeter package when, you know, you can, you can live life and, and realize that, Hey, I'm doing something and it's providing for us as a family and as a community, you know, that reverberates and it speaks bigger to than just, you know, just being an inspector. So. Sure.
0: Absolutely. Which, Well, send them both, you know, our best from the team. Um, We'll talk talk offline afterwards, um, you know, if there's any ways we can help and support. um, Definitely ready and willing.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'm sure they will too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know you wanted to talk some commercial. So shifting gears, um, you know, it's a relevant topic. I will say, I I think the word commercial has come up and I've heard it more in the last year. Probably I did in the prior five years, which yeah. okay. is a uh, a shift in what people are thinking about. And so maybe we can just, <laughs> let's define it first for people, because I think some hear commercial and think it's these skyscrapers, these huge buildings downtown.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, go ahead, I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, how do you think about, yeah, commercial, what, what was kind of your intro to it, or kind of like what, what got you kind of thinking about this in the first place?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, back around 2018, um, we started getting calls for individuals wanting us to do commercial properties Mm -hmm. and it wasn't just like a, you know, a small quadplex or something like that. They had, you know, car washers and offices and all this stuff. And when you start becoming more well-known in the community as a home inspection group, you know, everybody starts just looking to you and inspections regardless. And so, you know, I realized that there is no, if you will, um, license or, you know, technical certification, one has to have to be a commercial inspector. Right. And so I did not feel comfortable though doing them because I really didn't know much about it. Um, I had done some stuff, but not enough to, I feel like provide good service to my clients. Right we started figuring it out and that was around the same time that um Inter-Nachi, you know started ccpia right and so and i'm very much a big part of that and um i took one of their i think i was their first one one of the first ones if not the first class that they taught on how to be a commercial inspector oh sweet i, I went up to boulder and took their class and then Brittany was sitting at a coffee shop down the street in boulder building our website at the same time i was taking classes <laughs> so If anybody knows my wife that's just that's who she is and she was already f- figuring out how to make it work with Spectora, how to make it work on a website and it helped that we already had forever home going yeah uh, so we had an understanding and a baseline but i graduated from that class and she put everything online and literally the next week we were getting calls for commercial and so we realized it was really a niche market where a lot of people weren't fitting because what people like you said commercial i think they they think it's these big massive buildings and it is and we do those buildings but it's really a lot of small office buildings or maybe small apartment complexes i mean it there's a hundred different styles of building that one would incorporate as a commercial um what i realized is you have And this is not to downgrade home inspectors who can do commercial because there are home inspectors who are extremely knowledgeable, that have far more knowledge and experience than I do, that can do a commercial building. They just do residential. Mm -hmm. But you had these these residential inspectors who did light commercial. I don't understand what light commercial is. That's just the vernacular they use. And then you have these large due diligence or engineer type firms who are doing these big technical ASTM vernacular inspections. And there's a big middle gap. And I realized that, Hey, we could fit into that really easily, that gray area. And the majority of our clients are, you know, people who want to start a business and they have no idea how to manage this building. And I realized that there was a much greater need to be a business liaison and partner than there was just be an inspector. Hmm. Whereas home, it's schedule inspection report, next, 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 rinse, repeat and commercial. It's not like that. Sometimes you'll do one quick and be done, but a lot of times I end up being this trusted third party that sits at the table, if you will, and helps them better understand, here's the process, here's your building, here's your bottom line, Um, and I found that that was very beneficial, and then a lot of people weren't doing it, and it wasn't hard to get started doing that, so that's really how Focus got started, and then, you know, what I love about commercial is there's no emotion, it's all money. And so, whereas residential, it's all emotion; Um, it's very personal. You know, commercial with wonderful, and I and I I thrive in that arena. But also in commercial, it's like, hey, we need a service; it's going to cost this much, and we need to tell you how much we have to spend on the back end to make this building profitable. And like I said, it's very very business, and I I realize I liked that a lot. Um, And so, putting our experiences from residential over to commercial, it didn't take much to jump that gap, and. You know, and then having something like CCPIA was extremely helpful um, because there are multiple people within this space that want to be helpful, that want people to grow and be successful. And that's kind of where I got to where I was with CCPIA.
0: So, okay. So the training you found very helpful in understanding these different building types, like a car wash or a small office building, um, it was kind of catered to that.
1: Yeah, it was. So I mean, it discussed the systems differently, right? So when you come from a small electrical system up to, you know, a big three, four phase type system in a building, or um, just the equipment and everything is, is, is really different. A lot of it's kind of similar. And so it's helpful to have that base knowledge. But you know, it is different. And then how it's applied is vastly different. So it was helpful to get started on that. But just like anything, you only get just enough to get going, you have to be hungry to want to learn more. Learn and so, on the job. And that's really what separates you is how much are you willing to loan
0: or interest? So on those buildings, are you you working with the acquirer of these office buildings or the tenants that are moving in or both?
1: Yeah. Um, The clients and commercial are almost different from each project. So we're dealing with people who might be buying a building. Mm -hmm. We might be working with someone who is, leasing a property right so maybe they're getting into a you know a, a triple or double net lease and they need help navigating that and inspecting it and then presenting that back to the building owner um we do a lot of inspections for like for example we work with um the catholic diocese they have close to 400 properties all over oklahoma and they just want maintenance inspections they want to know hey here's all these schools here's all these churches offices rectories whatever we need to know yearly what do these look like um and how is that going to be profitable for us Mm -hmm. and what do we need to be expecting on a maintenance side and so the that's the good thing about commercials you really can make money doing almost anything when it comes to a building as long as you kind of know how to speak to someone or, or know what you want to do it's much easier than than residential in that regard
0: yeah and is there more i guess expectation or even i get for lack of a better term like less worries about liability because these people do want some guidance on maintenance or what to expect on costs. Like, is that, does it feel, do you have, do you feel like there's more leeway there and, and trust, I guess? Cause in, I know in residential, sometimes everyone's like, Oh, well, I don't, I don't talk about costs. <laughs> to remedy. Right. Yeah. Um, commercial is certainly not as litigious
1: as residential is, right. um, <laughs> which is absolutely amazing. not. Yes. Yes. It's not it's not where you miss an outlet behind a chair that was covered up. Someone's (laughs) going to call you, you know, seven years later and want to sue you. It doesn't work that way. Um, you're very much, like I said earlier, a business partner. And so, and that's how you sell yourself. Um, you sell yourself and your service as I'm a business partner with you and we're going to work on your bottom line together. And so I think in that regard, it is vastly different and it's easier to navigate because yeah, when someone reaches out to you, you, they have a definitive need and it's i have a building and i need to make money in this building and i need your help um mm. or it's different obviously on the other spectrum of it uh and there's a lot of there's a lot of communication that one has to learn and and i just learned that from being in the field and messing up and hearing people talk about it and asking a whole bunch of questions um because i realized again in commercial which surprised me i thought it was going to be more difficult on the residential side you know it's weird being a home inspector because you're selling your goods to agents and they're not buying your goods, right. right? It's the, you're selling, you're working real hard to get these agents on board. It's like, they're not the end user of your product. What um, we're on resident or on commercial, you know, I work with less agents and I do just buyers. Um, but the agents that I have found, they're extremely open and they're business minded too. And they realize they have to work together with other professionals. So it's easy to grab a coffee or a drink and just sit down and pick their brain. Um, whereas residential, it seems much more difficult to do that. They feel (laughs) like they're probably getting inundated with sales from everybody all the time and commercial. It's not like that. So I'd say if you're not afraid to ask questions and get in front of people, then there's a lot to learn and it's not too hard to learn.
0: Yeah. Is there any sense for how like magnitude wise, the size of commercial, the commercial market, maybe even in your area. Is compared to residential is it bigger than people think like I'm trying to wrap my head around like the opportunity for you and and others even thinking of the light to mid-commercial you
1: know I would say probably since COVID especially I have seen more commercial building for sale or for lease signs than I ever have and and I only and again, I only did it for a year before COVID really came in, and I was really just getting started then. So I hadn't really got my feet all the way wet. Um, but I can't drive a block, and again, I'm in Tulsa, so it's a fairly large city for yeah. Oklahoma. Um, and every street I drive down, there's a for sale sign for a commercial building, and so just people are moving.
0: Opportunity, there's yeah. a
1: lot of. I think there's opportunity, but the opportunity lies in networking more so than it does the demand because commercial is one of those things where people are buying and selling under the table all the time. Uh-huh. Um, so if you're, if you're in conversation and you're on someone's mind, then you, you get brought to the fourth or the front of the conversation. Whereas residential, you really just live and die by the market. Right. Um, like I said, with commercial, if the market is slow and people aren't buying and selling, I'm going to take a folder and start knocking on people's commercial building doors and saying, Hey, do you guys, do you guys have inspections annually? Why not? Let's have that conversation. You can make sales happen more so than I think you can on residential.
0: That's that's a keen insight, yeah. Because I think residential, it's really well documented. The number of transactions, number you know agents that do number of deals. It's all out there in the open and discoverable. Whereas commercial feels like this kind of like black box sometimes. Kind of like it just happens, and a lot of us yeah. don't know how many dollar amounts. Um, so I wonder how much discovery is out there that inspectors could be doing like you said with the networking so i think that's like a great tip um what yeah how did you go about initially kind of just putting your name out there and networking besides the website sounds like that was a good catalyst from the start
1: yeah if you don't have your if you don't have presence online in today's society then you're not going to be found um and i know that to be true because there are residential inspection groups in my town that are legacy inspection groups that have been around forever and that do commercial and sometimes when i put a proposal in they're like oh so and so is up against you as well and i'm like when do they enter the chat and um (laughs) but it's but it's one of those things where they're not organically being found um so if unless you have an online presence you're not doing yourself a service but beyond that it's one figuring out who's doing commercial in town, right? So yeah. find the agents because there are agents and there's agents at like your McGraw and your Remaxes and places, but also there's also very, you know, kind of niche market agents where they there's two people and they just do like industrial or multifamily, whatever. Right. Just find those people and talk to them and ask them what they do and give them information and just keep working with them. Um, but I think the bigger thing too, outside of that, it's finding organizations to put yourself in. So, for example, you know, I'm a part of the. I'm not a part of the diocese, but I've I've been able to be a part of that community, and it's right. been helpful. Um, I also am a part of the apartment association in town for or for Oklahoma. I am a part of the assisted living association, and I create courses based on knowledge I already know, or I can literally take a class from international or CCPIA change it just a little bit and make it my own class and turn around and teach it back in layman's terms and all the resources are there and you're giving them tools to be successful. And they may not use you immediately, but you're now in the conversation. Um, and then you have a foot in the door and sometimes that's all it takes. is just willing to network with commercial. Yeah. I think it's hard to network in residential because, you know, if I go look at my list right now on our construction industry board website, there's probably 120 licensed home inspectors just in the Tulsa area. And um, how many of them were buying cups and shirts and paying for lunches and doing this and all this? And you're like, this is a grind and a leg race that feels like there's no winning. But on res or on commercial, you can create value for yourself in your networking. And it's vastly different. And it's not that hard. It's just a lot of people don't think about the ideas that one can create. And honestly, I didn't either. If I didn't have a Brittany, I wouldn't be successful. Let's be honest. Like if, <laughs> she's not here to fend for herself. But if, if, if I didn't have a Brittany who says, Hey, why are we not doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. I never thought about it. She's like, we'll go knock on that door and ask them why they're not doing it. Um, it's kind of, you know, so you kind of have to have that mentality too.
0: Yeah. yeah. You guys are so admirable. And I just love your approach where, it's this kind of light approach of kind of like, oh, we don't know. Well, let's just go ask. Or like, hey, we're not sure. Let's go find out. And let's just go find the answers. That curious mindset, I think, like lead has, you know, I think led to a lot of your success. You mentioned annual maintenance inspections. So these types of relationships, they almost maybe not for insurance or liability reasons, but are more open to the recurring relationship yeah. whereas residential we've never cracked that as an industry right like it's so hard to get a homeowner to care to to do an annual
1: right or to spend you know two three hundred dollars just to do a walkthrough. um yeah it's it's one of those things like for example you know i'll give away some of my secrets here um with like apartments right it's really hard to do if anyone's done an apartment. And, I mean, we're doing, you know, one, two, 300-door apartments, right? Mm -hmm. There's six buildings, whatever. It takes a long time to do that project. Um, And it's a lot of work to orchestrate that. But if you go to an apartment association, you say, hey, here's what it would cost for me to do an exterior-only inspection annually, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're not – a lot of them are trying to just do the best they can to keep maintenance up. Right. Right. And they're falling behind every day. So to be able to give them something and say, here's what you need to work on, now and then in the future and here's how much it might cost that's huge for them as a as a property manager and the same for um you know any other type of building and and it may not be annually right you may not get to do them every year but you may get to do them every couple years so the thing about commercial is you can kind of project and plan out if you're a good salesman how much you think you're going to make this quarter right and and you keep doing it that way and you set up deposits and you have it all ready to go you know i mean that's the that's the end goal of what we're trying to incorporate as well and so but i'll be honest i didn't know those things were possible until someone just called me one day and said hey this is what we need and i go oh i never even thought about doing that right and then you just implement it and you realize if they can do it i bet other people would do it too and then you just make the calls and
0: you'd be surprised so it's kind of just a gap in the mid, in the low to mid commercial market, right? Because who would they use otherwise? They just wouldn't do it, right? When you think of the grounds or exterior of an apartment building, I'm trying to even think, like, who would they normally go to for this? It's not established want- precedence, right? There's no one to do it.
1: Right. And I think that's the biggest sell conversation for people is saying, you know, it's it affects your bottom line in such a negative manner if you were always reactionary with your building maintenance. Right. Right. So- how can we be proactive? What can you be looking for in the future? How can you plan every year annually for that on your budget? And just that type of conversation, you know, it at least will get you in the door. You may not get the win, but they'll be thinking about it. So,
0: yeah. What about condo complexes? Because I think I own a condo and HOA dues go up, and there's always these last minute special assessments, right? And so, in my mind, I'm thinking like this makes me think of, man, if condo complexes could get ahead of some of these costs, there wouldn't need to be these last minute meetings to raise dues or raise HOA fees.
1: Correct. Yeah. So a absolutely. similar concept, right? It is. it is. It's just, it's just telling them what needs to happen up front and, and then letting them make that plan of action. But you put together a plan for them. Sure. That's where, that's where you come into. It's not just here's an inspection report. Here you go. It's, you know, here's our report, but also here's these other items. And what I think people realize, or or they're probably forgetting in commercial too, is commercial really is a project manager role. And so Um, I can come in, I can inspect a small office space, but let's say, for example, I have an industrial building, right? We did one not too long ago where it was a 200,000 square foot industrial building. It had railroad tracks, it had 15 overhead cranes, it had this and this. And so at that point, I'm like, okay, I can't do those, but I know people who can. So I'm going to start calling people, getting prices putting it together, packaging it, orchestrating it, getting them the last result, and then, you know, wrapping it all together. And so that is something that I think people go, well, I don't know anything about that type of building. So why I can't do that inspection. No, you just need to know the right people and you need to be the mouthpiece for the inspection. So.
0: Oh, there's so much value in that. And I love that you, you framed it in that way because look, everyone faces imposter syndrome on some level, but to be the person that quarterbacks it and makes it happen and just makes connections that uh, connectors to me have so much value in this world in terms of just connecting people. So sometimes will they ask you like, hey, HVAC person, do you know someone, you know, you recommended X, Y, Z. Do you know anyone that can help? I imagine you're the connector on that front too, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, you can do that you know, even in residential, right? If you go to our website right now, we have a we have a preferred vendor page that we have all vetted and we put all their information on our page. And great, it's backlinks and everything too, but um, it's, you know, that information's great. But on the commercial side, you know, we take it one step further. So, and this is what I'm teaching at the InterNACHI conference uh, in, in like 45 days. Good God, that's happening now. Anytime. Yeah. Um, is how to take a defect Look, say for example, your HVAC rooftop system is in poor condition. How to evaluate that? How to understand the life expectancy of it, and then also know how to create a cost to repair that. So mm-hmm. if I know that this system costs X amount, ten thousand dollars to replace, then I'm going to say, hey, in the next ten years, you're going to want to replace this. It's going to cost this much money. Here's also some some numbers and some inflation to put with it, so you can expect that immediately. This is what we think you need now. This is just an opinion. However, we know maintenance cost about, you know, maybe 600 bucks to do this. So we build that out. So not only are we giving them a list of defects, we're giving them a life expectancy on their product. We're giving them an opinion of how much it's going to cost. And then we also give them people to do that work for them. So when they're ready for it. And so again, that comes to where you have to be able to get on the ground and build relationships So it's not just building relationships with agents, it's roofers, it's electricians, plumbers, guys who lay asphalt, people who put up siding. I mean, there's a hundred different people that you have to continually be thinking about. Um, But it's, again, it's that full package and saying, we really are taking care of all of this legwork for you and they pay really well for it. So um, for the most part, I mean, you, you make a whole lot more money in commercial than you do residential if you're doing it right. And like you said in it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to go oh my god I have no idea what I'm doing I shouldn't be giving this proposal but they think you are the most important most knowledgeable person ever because you put a website up that said I can do commercial yeah right so yeah. they trust every word that comes out of your mouth you just have to believe your own self when you speak so yeah I think that's the hard
0: part yeah and, and I said differently I think to be in your shoes, you don't have to know it all before doing it. You just have to have the time and, and foundational skills to know how to go research and find the people because the building owner, you know, whoever runs the the diocese, they're not going to go do this stuff. They don't have the time or expertise or knowledge. And so they are paying in a sense for your time to build those relationships and to connect people. And so um, I love it to me when the way you worded that, it adds so much value. And that's all I hear is like, the easy button for people and people will pay well for the easy button. What do you, so many inspectors still are so fearful of adding this much value for some reason in terms of liability? We're a liability conscious group, right? Let's just say how it is. We, I think, do you believe the fear of getting sued is overblown when it comes to providing more value in terms of costs? Because the typical response is, oh, what if I say it's 900 and it's $901 and then they sue me. Right.
1: right. Well, and that's the thing, too, in, in, in commercial is when I give them a cost, it is what it's going to cost normally at a high rate and at a professional rate. Right. And that's also when you use the right vernacular. Again, when I say this is a professional opinion of cost. Right. So nationally, if someone were to replace this rooftop unit, it's going to cost between this and this. That doesn't mean someone can give you a deal or it doesn't mean a different brand can give you a rebate or, you know, yeah. that's all has to be a part of it, but you're saying expect somewhere in this range. I think what ends up happening in residential is you do your inspection and they go to the TRR period and you say, Hey, you need a new electrical panel. It's an old recall panel. It's about, you know, $1,500 to replace or whatever. And Chuck in a truck does it for 600. Right. And so it's like, everyone's always trying to make a deal and make it cheaper and get quicker. And, and I think, you know, in residential in general, the way we're building houses, the way we're operating, it has that feel, right? It's yeah. quick and cheap and let's get it over with. And it's not like that in commercial. Um, they have to plan and they have to be ready for it. And they know, Hey, you're buying an old building. So if you don't replace this system in five years, you don't make money. Right. So they're like, well, how much is it? 3000 today will guarantee I make a hundred thousand next year. So we're going to pay the three thousand. It's yeah. again, it's just a different mindset, and you also have to put yourself in that mindset, and that's hard. I think that's the hardest thing. It's like you said, you have to remove yourself from residential and everyone wanting to sue and everyone, you know, being over over the top in response and just saying no. This is a business deal. This is not, you know, a personal purchase. This is for them to make money, so right. they're really going to rely on you in a much different sense.
0: Yeah. And even having, having been a realtor in the residential space and talking costs and estimates with people, I still think you give ranges, you explain the context with the ranges of saying, this is the mid to high quality provider. Yeah. You may find Chuck in a truck to do it for 200. That's not what I'm giving you the range on and disclaiming things properly. And I think like the, the communication part is, I think what our industry lacks, I think. And that's where the fear comes in of like, yeah, you just give someone a number and walk away, of course, there's going to be room for misinterpretation.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think of the program repair pricer, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I think it's a great program. And I think it's great to be able to say, Hey, here's all your defects. They're going to put numbers to you together and give it back to your client and say, here's maybe what you can expect in repairs. What ends up happening though. And what i found to be difficult is they take that list and for some reason in residential, that is like the end-all be-all list, right? They're like, my inspector said this will cost $200. <laughs> and they're like, well, actually, it's only like 100 locally. They're like, no, it's got to cost two because he said that's the best. Right. So I'm not paying. Or they're like, well, it's actually $300. They're like, no, he said 200 And I'm not getting anyone that doesn't do 200 And I don't want to have to put that really difficult conversation on a realtor. And you can speak better to this where it's like, That juggling act of I know he said this, but um, I don't really have to deal with that commercial. Yeah, so beautiful thing, and
0: that's and that's why you know it. I think it's a good service for general directional guidance, but nothing beats three quotes from three people on the ground that are actually going to take the job or not. And that that's where that'll to me always be undefeated. And so to me, connecting people to the pros that are high rated. Because that's real-time supply and demand. I think algorithms, can they have limits as to the data yes. that they're all pulling. So that's where I'm I'm hopeful for industries like this where I'm like, that'll never go away. Like me talking to you and asking how much you'll do it for next week. No AI, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs>
1: well, you know,
0: when you have something, I don't know if you're
1: familiar with like RS Means or some other company that does this you know, let's put numbers together for you. Let's do takeoffs and construction estimates and all that. Some of that stuff we use in the field, but it takes legwork to call your local electrician and say, how much would you cost hourly? How much does it cost to replace this and call two others you trust and then put those numbers together and create an average and then know every like half the year, you know, six months later, I'm going to have to call them again and get it something different. But like you said, I like that because it's local real-time numbers that I can go. Hey, I know three electricians now that would charge you between six and nine hundred dollars. I know it's not exact, but it'll get you started. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and that's really all. That's really all they need. Uh, we have to get out of the mindset that we have to give them exacts because I'm not an electrician, right? I right. can't. And every now and then, I'm if I find a roof that's in really bad shape, I may call a roofer to come out that same day and go, "Hey, come look at this roof real time with me and give them an exact cost today," yeah. and they'll do that. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's worked for them and they trust that I know what I'm talking about. So
0: I like the point on not exacts. Cause I, I think we all tend to forget the average buyer needs just a nudge in the right direction. And that's super helpful, you know, cause I've heard some inspectors say, Oh, how helpful is that? Just pointing them in the right direction. I'm like, very helpful to a millennial that doesn't know, you know, <laughs> doesn't know anything about homes. Hey, yeah. Um, yeah. Just get them, tell them who to call. I think, I think more than ever, buyers need to kind of be handheld and and they will pay more is my thought for some guidance.
1: Well, and I, that's something I love about Spector, especially with some new stuff where I can go in and I can add professionals to my de- defect, right? And so mm-hmm. you can go in and manipulate that list and and you can add them to it. And we're working on that right now in our reports to have, you know, here's here's the issue. Here's who to get a hold of. And then we can drop a link back to our website with those third party people. Right. So we can get people back to our website and, and show them what the work we've been doing. Because Kaylin works really hard to put those people together. And so I want people to know we have a great vetted list of people um, and that we can implement that into our report too. So um, like you said, I don't want that ever to go away. And I don't think it will. Um, not for some time. So yeah. unless way- I start concrete, I don't know that's <laughs> ever going to happen. So, right, I mean, right. If that ever happens, yeah, maybe, maybe we're in trouble, but.
0: And I think whether, no matter how inspectors feel about monetizing the work, the relationships, and the connections they're making, I wholeheartedly believe there's value in that. And I think whether it's through advertising through you guys or on a lead basis, whatever it is, I do believe there should be a way in every state that payment can and should be facilitated to the people that are the connectors and drive the value. And to give you my back, you know, context on that, like in any other industry, the people that generate leads or connect people to others typically get compensated in some way for it. What are your thoughts on that? Given that some inspectors will say, Oh, it's a blanket state law. I can't be compensated in any way. I think it's more nuanced than that. There's, there's gotta be, ways to make it to like actually compensate inspectors for all the value they're driving when they are making and keeping these relationships. So it's a long winded question, but like, what are your, yeah, let's riff on that for a second in terms of how you feel about it.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think, and this it's, it's weird because up in Iowa where we're located, there is no licensing board. So mm-hmm. we're running a team up there that doesn't have to be licensed. They just have insurance. Um, I still make them take the NHI um, because I think it's an extra step in its value but um, you know here in Oklahoma it's very much licensed and so there's a lot of gray area there like for example, I understand the whole you don't want me to go out do an inspection, find five items, and then also say, hey by the way, I can fix these for you as right. soon as you move in real cheap right because um, then I'm looking for work and and, and that mixes everything in a, in a poor moral stance so I get that but I don't even if people think they're reading it, I'm not quite sure there's verbiage in there that says you can't provide figures that you can't provide references and referrals and those type of things. And I almost feel like we have gotten to a point where our, our market is so litigious and people are so scared. It's like you deliver a report and the comment on the report is this outlet doesn't work. Call an electrician and that's it. And like, you don't (laughs) want to say anything. And you're like, And what we're trying our so best to do on our side is educate people. So it's like this outlet doesn't work. And here's why we think this outlet doesn't work. The next step is to call a licensed electrician to come out and replace that outlet. And here's some people that we recommend to do that, whether the seller uses them, you know what I mean? That's on their own, but we're giving our experience. And I just feel like we've gotten to a point where we've stripped it down so much, where we're just scared to give people a really good product. And for most people, You know, our average inspection is around $500 and you add all these extra services to it. That's not cheap today for someone to go buy a home. It's already expensive to buy a home. And then you add a $700 inspection to it. They, you hope that you can provide them some great detail. And I see inspectors reports and they're very much like you're saying, everyone's really scared to give information. And I think we should be able to say we've worked really hard to build relationships and we think. It's going to cost you about this much because we trust the people that we work with. So here's a cost, and here's those people. Use it if you want, kind of scenario. Um, I realize that we give the stuff to you, the agent, and then you carry it on. Um, and so whatever happens in that conversation, we can't control. But I think we should be. I think it should be a standard. I think there should be more that we can provide to people. And I know someone's watched this video and they're giving me a stink eye on the other side of it, and that's fine. Um, but I think I think we have to be able to give more because you know, we have an influx in the market of inspectors, um, and everyone's just coming in and everyone's undercutting everyone just enough, right. So they can get business and they're just giving just the bare minimum because that's all they're really trained to do. So I don't know. I mean, you guys have done a fantastic job to be able to bridge that gap with some professionals and have add-ons and be able to make a little extra money for inspectors, which we've utilized. And, um, I don't know how that conversation moves forward. I don't know. Um, how that gets implemented. I'm sure you guys probably have some things you're thinking of to make that more formidable, but you know, know. it's conversations just, like this. Yeah. And educating. Be awesome. Yeah.
0: Because you, to your point, if our industry does start tacking to that direction of minimalism, we're, it, yep. they would inspectors would be commoditizing themselves, right? Because if it all ends up looking the same and is very vague, You lose the ability to differentiate and charge more, thus driving prices down, thus destroying economics in our industry, which is terrible for all of us, right? So um, when you put it that way, I'm like, you're going to be in a good position because you're skating to where the puck's going by saying like, oh, if everyone's getting generic, I'm going to add way more value because then people pay for value.
1: Right, right. Because- yeah. To yeah. So
0: the inspectors listening, it's like, if you want to just make yourself generic, you're going to make yourself extinct. No.
1: I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, look around you and see how many other people are getting licensed every day and every week. And, and you know, I want to be in a, I want to be in a market where it's competitive and that I know that if someone's taking an inspection from us, like they're really offering something and they're a really, really solid company. And I know, okay, they didn't choose me, but I know they're getting something good. Right. right what gets us upset is when we know that we're just getting picked apart because you know you turn around and now there's 50 more licensed people and they're just giving the bare minimum and um you know they're just that's that's what the market tastes like now and that's what's expected um so i don't know i think it's a conversation that continues and we have to figure out how can we provide more to our clients what education can we get what conversation should we have how can we better ourselves um because we are generalists and that's hard that's hard to be a generalist right and that's the thing that's foreign to me is when I take the generalist mindset in residential but then I move it over to commercial and commercial um that's held with esteem they're like yes you are a generalist you know everything about this building and we need that we need that (laughs) right and over on residential it's like yeah you're just a generalist one of the things that bothers us so much and this is any inspector, they'll say the same thing is they do their inspection based on the SOP. And then let's say an electrician comes in afterward and like, I can't believe your inspector missed that. They're terrible. They should have caught that. And you're just like, you don't know what I do, you know, in my business. Um, you don't know how I'm supposed to inspect. And, and so everyone just kind of looks down on us in that regard. So that's, everybody's dealing with that, not just us. So,
0: yeah, it's a narrative. we call it, it takes a long time to flip that narrative and change it because it takes 20, 30,000 inspectors communicating a little better, communicating exactly the purpose of a generalist and it is to connect you. And that's where I think this bridges the gap of connecting people to those professionals and those maybe those professionals will have a different viewpoint of inspectors because they're like, oh, they're a source of business because they don't know everything about an electrical panel and it's kind of the point. I think it's just like there's still how old's this industry? 40, 50 years and there's still a misunderstanding of what they do. You know, sometimes I tell people I run a home inspection software company and they go, "Oh yeah, I, you know, I had an appraisal on my house." I'm like, "No." Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: and, and I think the thing too is it's that like you said it's that conversation of and that's how I got started. So when I first got started in home inspection, I joined a networking group and I realized that every week we'd sit down and in those networking groups, you go around the table, say who you are, give a little elevator pitch, and then you pass business, right? So you're like, this week we had X amount of dollars passed. Lance of Forever Home Inspection gave the electrician business. He gave this person business, that guest person business. And that kept happening. I realized, oh, we're kind of a gatekeeper for other professionals. Right. We really are. And when they start realizing that, I need to build relationships with them. And they need to know that if I go into the field and I say, this electrical issue is real, and they go, I trust Lance and I trust Forever Home Inspection or I trust Focus, um, when he gives me that report, I, this is gold. So I know that I can come in after that and go, yes, let's replace it. It's going to cost this much or, or whatever. What ends up happening is, again, it's one of those things where like, hey, my outlet tester didn't work. You need to get an electrician to come look at it. Right. I think it, it comes to us where we have to educate ourselves better. We have yeah. to continually, we have to know systems as, as well as we can. And, and with as much education that's provided to us these days through InterNACHI or CCPIA or any, whoever it is, there is a ton of information we have to be educating and training weekly, monthly. If we're not, we're just, we're just the bare minimum. So, and that's what people are getting and they're frustrated with it, so.
0: This might not be a hot take, but it maybe a medium, a medium to hot take. I think in the next five years, the companies like yours that are that have this mentality are going to just all the value is going to accrue to them, and there's going to be a lot bigger, small to mid-sized multi-inspector companies that grow as a result of this, as a base and a foundation because of the differentiation, and then all of the kind of vanilla generic ones they'll pick off all the $200, $300 inspections and maybe limp along. But um, I really believe there's going to be some like great size companies, um, even maybe very profitable five inspector companies. You know what I mean? Like you you might have five, 10, 15 people, but run a freaking great operation that's really profitable. And that that excites me.
1: Well, and I mean, you know, we're not without our challenges, right? Like we, we feel the market like everybody else does. Um, you could be a wonderful company and a hundred other people show up on the scene you know like you're not going to get the same amount of inspections every week everyone's going to be picking out your profit and you have to figure out well do we just sit in that and just deal with it until those people are gone because they'll go away eventually some of them will some of them will rise through it um or are we going to differentiate ourselves and be better and then people are going to go i remember forever home i remember the value they provided so that's what we're figuring out now too um You know, I don't want people to go, man, they're just, you know, making millions and millions and millions and they're growing to the top. I mean, we're growing, but we're also still a small company and we still have the same challenges as everyone else. And so I think that's why things like Empire Builder and stuff can be great to be able to bounce ideas off people. We're not a part of it, but I know people that are and they have benefit to it. Um, But I also don't want to be an enemy to other inspectors. And I think that's why I like on the commercial side, being able to teach to commercial inspectors right? I'm one of the very first people in a group, there's only about four or five of us that I know of that are a part of CCPA that are teaching two inspectors on how to grow your business, on how to take this information and run. Um, I want us to be an asset to one another rather than everybody is every man for himself, because that's kind of how it feels. Sure. And so in any good market, there's plenty of business for all of us. If you're good and you know what you're doing, there's enough yeah. for us to be you know, growing and, and, and helping each other. Because if there's five people who are in close contact with another five companies and you guys are doing really good and you're growing and you're bouncing off each other then that's your competition and you know my competition is solid and all these other people won't last as long as we will it will always be us at the top and there's plenty of there's plenty of pie for everybody at that point so i think that's what we have to we have to go for
0: Could be great wrong. mentality yeah the coop co-competition um the you know the pod i just published was two inspectors in the same market different companies that consistently collaborate, they're consistently competing with the same, you know, agents and brokerages, but they've both grown and they both are taking market share from kind of the legacy competitors that are not really competing anymore. And it's a different mentality when you say, Hey, if it's you and two other really high quality companies on the list, guess what? You're both charging, you're all charging what you're worth and more value will accrue to you. I have a question for you. So you're so, you're so giving, you've been on the pod, you know, two, three times by extension. What, what do you get from sharing this knowledge? Like what, uh, why, why do you do it?
1: Um, there's something about, it's, it's something that I wish I had when I got started. Mm. Uh, you know, when we got started, I think of myself as an inspector and I got started in 2017 and I am not the same human, that I am today I'm not the same inspector that I am today if I go back and look at all those old inspections I go who was that guy doing inspections right <laughs> like I wish I was today but everybody has to get started sure. uh, and I wish that I had those people to go to and ask questions and because when I first started I reached out to some inspectors in the field and they really didn't want to talk it was kind of like a eh, you know you're my competition let's not let's not get into conversation and as I've gotten older and I know there's, you know, a handful of people that I trust in the community that are inspectors, we built better relationships. And, you know, I may not always be an inspector, but I always want to be able to do what I'm doing in the capacity of teaching and learning and giving that information back. Um, that's not to say, you know, if CCPI or not, said tomorrow, Hey, we're going to make you the director of education come take over. Right. Like that would be something that would be a dream to be able to give that, sure. all that information back to people. And so that's just, that's how I want. And it's been tough because of our personal lives over the last year and how business has been going. I'm just now getting back to the point where I can able to teach and get back in front of people. And so, and that's not just inspectors, that's agents too. We started a CE school a couple of years ago and I created courses where I teach agents about homes, about systems, because they don't know. They just know how to do contract work, which is great. That's what they need to do, but they don't know about the basic nuances of homes. And I just feel like there's a lot of education to give people, And um, I just want to be a part of that, right? That's what I'm excited about with CCPIA is we, like you said, commercial is still very nuanced and very new and there's still tons of growth and there's still tons of gray area. And I'm excited to be a part of this conference that InterNACHI is putting on. We're the first time to have commercial tracks. And there's only like four of us that are there. And we're kind of the first iteration of what commercial inspectors within this organization look like. And I'm excited to be a part of that. I'm excited to trailblaze that and see And I don't have all the information. I'm not that smart. I'm not that intelligent. It's just, (laughs) I like to learn and I like to be around people who like to learn. And uh, I think that's what's helped us so far. So I don't think you can insulate yourself in this institution. You've got to, you've got to build relationships and you've got to be around other like-minded people or people that are ahead of you because most people I think are willing to help. You just have to ask for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the right people that you probably want to be around are the ones that are willing and, and, putting their hand out and, and helping we should do some content together for, for kind of the Spectora network too, if you're open to it, like whether it's a webinar and, uh, and make sure you're, you know, compensated for your time, but that'd be great. I think that would be amazing to put together some content to kind of spread this knowledge, um, in any way we can, cause you're, you're a gem in this industry. You're a treasure, the way you share and kind of the, the path you've carved out. So, um, there enough people can't get in contact with you. So,
1: Well, I mean, you know, I I can't reverberate this enough. I can't do it without Britt and Matt and Kaylin, you know, like I might be the inspector type of it, but Brittany is the marketing and and the aspect of how to put your company together and package it. Matt is the, he is the finance guy and the company organization guy. Kaylin is the HR and the salesperson. And it's like, we all have such a unique skill set, and it works together. It was really hard to add them because we realized, Hey, we're going to have to take a really big portion of our income and give it to other people. But we also realized that we couldn't, I'll say this, Brit realized, cause I was doing inspections; She was really running right the business. So let's not, let's not hide that, <laughs> hide that. She was, she was carrying it on her back. Um, but we realized we needed help. And when we brought people on, then we were able to grow again. Right. Sure. We we're able to get over that. And sometimes that may not be adding leaders, but it's like this. Adding people to your team in some way that can be helpful, and I would love to be a part of that. I know Brit and the other members will be too. So whatever yeah. that looks like, work, work for
0: it. Awesome, awesome. Um, well, we got to run, man. This is, this time flies by when I talk to you. I love it. Um, this has been great. I appreciate the deep dive on the commercial. So you'll be at the Internachi conference teaching this in 45 days. You said is that is on the yeah,
1: conference? So yeah. October uh, 12th through the 14th in Atlantic City. Uh, the Internachi has their professional inspector fair, and it is two full days of chock full of education and learning. If people can get there, certainly do so. I'm going to be teaching on Saturday about commercial inspections, how to gather information, life expectancy, and how to put costs and numbers to that. And so. Um, I hope if you're signed up, come to my class because no one's better than me. Uh, And then uh, just a little, you know, we'll see if if that helps me or makes it worse. I don't know. plug. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Got a little plug there. But, no, I mean, come to the conference for sure. Uh, I hope Spector is going to be there. I'd love to see you guys there. We'll be there. Uh, Yeah, maybe pull you guys up on stage for a minute, too, and talk about Spector because I don't think we could do what we do without a company like Spector to be able to put it all together and be able to present something in a way that some companies just can't do. So, yeah,
0: all part of it Need your expertise and communication and education. And we're we're kind of on the back end with the tech side. So um, I'll link again to the websites. Where can people find kind of more on, on the commercial side, just to see how you guys kind of make the website and communicate? It's yeah, give give them the websites and then I'll put them in the descriptions as well.
1: Yeah. So focusbuildinginspections.com. Um, that is our commercial company. Um, you know, you'll see it's a very different website compared to foreverhomeinspection.com um but those are our websites um you can go to ccpia i don't know their full website like org or whatever that's part of Internachi. Yeah. you can find information about us there in my upcoming class i'm also taking the class and i'm teaching two hours at the conference and i'm turning it into a two-day class where it's going to be more personal we're going to teach that in boulder at the Internachi headquarters so Beautiful. that'll be in february
0: february yeah, we'll, so, we'll come up for that um you know get lunch and, and hang out
1: it'd be great That's how you can find me or Facebook, whatever, man. You can, my information's on there. Don't hesitate to reach out to us and ask questions.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you again for always being willing to share and jump on your pleasure to talk to and and work with, but um, I'll link to everything, the descriptions for everyone to kind of find you, Brit and the team. um, If they want to just chat, talk shop.
1: That sounds great. I appreciate it. I look forward to it.
0: All right, brother. Well, you guys take care. Um, Appreciate the time.
1: Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you.
0: All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Later.